All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. You're listening to Dropping the Gloves with former NHL All-Star John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts and delivered by DoorDash. Everybody, welcome to Dropping the Gloves with Tim Wurzberger and John Scott. I put your name first, Tim. Does that fill your bucket for the day? Are you are you happy now? Yeah, I'm going to have a good day now. Thank you. Appreciate that. Ah, good. Let me get a sip of coffee in there. I I need the coffee in the morning. Gets me going nowadays. I never used to be like that, but a nice cup. I, I actually look forward to it in the morning. It makes me happy. We should get a coffee sponsor because then you're, you you'll really kind of lean into those ads. You know what? We had a coffee company down in, where was it? Grand Rapids who wanted to make a John Scott coffee. Do you remember that? No. They sent out, maybe they just sent me something, but there was a coffee company downstate Michigan who wanted to do a John Scott coffee and all this stuff. And I just never, much like a lot of things in my life, I didn't follow up on it. <laughs> and if I don't follow up on something within the first two days, it just goes away and I never, and I never address it again. It's very, very, it's not a good trait that I have. It's like that with all things. So sorry, you guys, if, if you're listening, I, I, I had good intentions. Me and Danielle. Everything, even bills. I have a stack of bills. I'm like, I got to pay these. And then I put them to the side. Then I just get like notices from collection agencies saying, you need to pay this bill. And I go, oopsie, I forgot to pay it. One guy threatened to sue me. I was like, I'm sorry. Like, I just, I forget things. You know, and if it's not directly in front of me, I'm not going to do it. I, I have other stuff going on. More important things like this podcast to do than sit around paying bills. You know what I mean? You know what I mean, Vern? Yeah, I never pay bills. Not worth it. Name, name that movie. You know what I mean, Vern? Uh, I don't know. It's the remember the Ernest series. Ernest goes to camp. Ernest yeah. goes to. You know what I mean, Vern? That was Ernest. Used to say that to Vern. Anyways, I don't know what we're talking about, but thank you everybody for coming. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a fan. We really appreciate it. We are the official podcast of hockeyfights.com. You know that every opening scene, I think it mentions hockeyfights.com and we pair up with them because they're the best. You know, it's not the best, Tim. It's always crummy when news comes out and it's just a terrible situation. And I wanted to touch on this. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it because all the information hasn't been released. There's, there's still a lot of unknowns, but the whole Chicago back Blackhawk situation, it's a very hot button topic. Everybody's wondering what the NHL was going to do, what fines or suspensions they were going to levy. And they just did their first salvo. They, they find the Chicago Blackhawks $2 million for, I don't know what this, the actual suspension was for, 
Was it for not acting in 2010 for, for something? So they find them $2 million for a lack of, for better words, action on what happened. So I'm not going to get into all the accusations. I'm not going to get into all of the terrible stuff that, that Aldridge kid did. It was awful. It was brutal. Um, we don't know who knew what it, it, it seems really slimy and really icky. It seems like a lot of people knew stuff and they just didn't do anything because they didn't want to sacrifice their Stanley cup run. And that's wrong. You know what I mean? Uh, when, when there's these type of things happening, you have to take action. You, you can't just, you know, we'll put it off. We got a really thing go, good, good thing going here. We're, we're going to wait. It's like, no, you can't wait. You have to take action. Now you have to make sure things get taken care of. And then you can hockey secondary at that point. So, you know, it's uh, things are still shaking out. We'll see what happens with Shevel Day off and Q. Cause they were obviously big parts of that team. Shevel Day off was assistant GM. Joel was obviously the coach. And I tell you what, if they had any idea that was happening, both of those guys need to go and they need to go fast and they need to be erased from the NHL forever. In my opinion, you can't just take a blind eye to something like that and just expect, you know, things to be taken care of by a higher up as Stan Bowman quipped. He's like, Oh, I told my boss, I thought it'd be taken care of. I think that's passing the buck and a pretty BS answer. You need to take accountability and you need to make sure something happens. You need to make sure that kid goes to jail you need to make sure the cops are involved. And just because you're going for the Stanley Cup and you haven't won in a while, that's not an excuse. You know, it's not a distraction to the team. It's it's really it's really too bad. So basically, Stan Bowman resigned, forced re- resignation. Alma Keiko, Mick, Mick, what's his name? I always for I want to say, I always want to say McDaniels. McIsaac, Al McIsaac, he resigned. He had a high up position with the Hawks as well. I know all these people. Like I, I know them not in like friendly, friendly, but I know them because I played for the Hawks. I go back pretty consistently and do events with Chicago, whether it's the convention or they bring me in for some kind of appearance. So I know all of them. And it it, it is it affects me because I was around in 2010. I know all the players. I'm sure I know the players who were abused. Uh I, they haven't released any names. I don't know anything further than that, but it's, it's a really crummy situation. I think Stan Bowman needs to go away. I think he's just trying to pass the blame on to John McDonough and John McDonough should go. He's already gone. He, he resigned from the Hawks a few years ago or got fired. Who knows what, but all the people involved in this situation, if what the allegations are saying is true and they knew about the abuse and they had a sit down meeting and they talked about it, they all need to go away forever. They need to be gone from hockey. Criminal charges maybe need to be talked about because you're you're basically letting a predator walk free. And then you're celebrating him in the Stanley Cup and you're letting him have a day with the cup and you're just basically fueling his his fire. It's re- it's a bad situation. And more information will come out. Batman said he's he's gonna, you know, think about what to do with Shovel Day off and Quinville. And we'll see what happens there. I don't know if he has the power to fire coaches and to get them. He can suspend them. I don't know if he can fire somebody from an organization that's privately owned. We'll see what kind of, you know, penalties they levy. But if you have a, I don't know, what are your thoughts, Tim? What do you, what do you think about this whole situation? Yeah. You nailed it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dig in. It's not my real, my place or anything, but it's just too bad. And I think, like you said, if Q or Shovel Day off or anyone else, I mean, if they had anything to do with it or if they knew about it and swept it under the rug, then they need, they need to go. The interesting thing is, is um, the players too. what players knew anything and what repercussions will there be, if any, for them? 
it's so soon. It's it's so early in this process. We don't know what's going to come out. All the facts haven't come out. All the names haven't come out. So it'll be interesting to see. And I, I just want to make a clarifying point, John. You just said a few minutes ago you were there in 2010. You didn't Excuse come me, 2011. Early. Yeah, the, the following season. Yeah, so I came for all the festivities. So I got to go to the convention. I was there obviously during all the, the fun stuff that preceded or pro what's after the fact it's not, is it preceded or proceed? I don't know what followed, it is. Followed. followed yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so I was around, like, I, I remember all the festivities and this and that, but yeah, I never heard of any, you know, noise of that. So I, I, I didn't know that was a thing. No one walked around and be like, Hey, did you hear about this terrible thing? So <clears throat> people have asked me like, did you know of anything? I'm like, I no, 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 no. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, Bettman obviously stepped down from USA hockey. He was the GM. So he's not filling that role anymore. That'll probably go to Bill Guerin from the wild, who I think is having his own issues. Someone are accusing him of like workplace bullying or something. There's so so much stuff going on. It's like, every time I, I turn my head, there's something else happening in the NHL right now. It's like, just focus on hockey, but you can't when terrible stuff like this happens, it's just really, really bad. So anyways, hopefully the players who got abused are happy with this result. I don't know how happy you can be when something terrible happens to you. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll, we'll keep you updated. This is my, I guess, official statement. I, you need to kind of comment on something like this, especially because I was kind of not directly, but indirectly involved in the whole situation where I played for Chicago. I know everybody. I know Stan Bowman. I know Q. I know Shevel Dayoff. I know McIsaac. I know all these people. So stay tuned because it's not going to get prettier. It's not going to get prettier to say the least. Let's move on to some hockey news, Tim. What do you think? Sounds good to me. Change it up a little bit. We'll go from a terrible situation to a good situation. There is currently five undefeated teams in the NHL, Tim, right now. Five. And I wanted to do – I always – I'm a big football guy and every week they do a power rankings. All the teams switch from, from week to week, your team could fall or drop 10 places, depending on how they played that weekend. The Kansas city chiefs were once number one in the rankings for weeks. And now they're plummeting. I think they're in the 20 range just because they're just horrendous on defense. So the undefeated teams right now are Washington. They're four, zero and two. Carolina six and zero, Florida six and zero, St. Louis and Edmonton are both five wins, zero losses. Now there's a couple other teams who are playing well. You know, the Minnesota Wild are five and one. There's a couple other teams who have had really good starts. Of those five undefeated teams, Tim, I know I'm putting you on the spot. We haven't prepared for this. Who is the best team out of those five right now? Do you have a, a, a an idea of who you would take right now as a Stanley Cup contender? I do, but are we really counting Washington the four zero and two? The same. They haven't had a loss in regulation. Yeah. All right. Uh, out of those five teams, Florida is the best. They're the best team in the league right now. Interesting. Why do you think Florida? What What does Florida have right now that nobody else does? Well, I mean, Bobrovsky's playing like he was, you know, back when he was a visitor candidate. He's playing really well. Their top guys are going. The Sam Bennett's playing really well. Sam Reinhardt hasn't even really turned it on yet. I think he has one goal. You're getting what you get from Barkov and Huberdeau. Ekblad's healthy. He's scoring goals. It's just it's just a team that we thought was going to be good. Now they are six and L top of the league. Um, yeah. I think they're the best team in the league right now. I don't disagree with how good Florida is. They've had a really great start. Joe Thornton might get his Stanley cup ring. Finally. How great would that be? Amazing. The team that I think that has really, really played well and is just, I don't think they've surprised anybody, but they made a lot of good off season moves is the Carolina hurricanes. 
you know, they walked away from Dougie Hamilton, which is really, really hard to do. It's difficult to say, you know what? We're going to let our best player walk. And uh, Dougie Hamilton was arguably their best player. He was the guy who kind of made that power play work. He was the guy who people look to in a crunch time. It's like throw Dougie out there in any situation. And he's going to, he's going to come through their defense has gotten stronger since he left. It's, it's remarkable to see how well they play defensively. They have played eight or six games, excuse me, or they've played five. They played five games. They've only allowed eight goals. That's incredible. Like that's, that's, that's a really strong defense. And it's not like they played nobodies. They played really good offenses. They beat Toronto four to one. They beat the blue jackets five to one. They beat Montreal four to one. They beat Nashville three to two. They beat Carolina or uh, the Islanders six to three. So they played some really good teams and they've just shut them down. They have, everyone was worried about their goaltending. Everybody was worried. Well, what are we going to do? We lost Dougie Hamilton. They've consistently gone out and they've played really, really great hockey and their offense is lighting it up. Andrei Shvechnikov is the real deal. Sebastian Ajo is playing really well, really well. Tara Vinen, who they got in a trade from Chicago, is playing really well. They have a, a just a solid lineup top to bottom. Trocek's there. Tony D'Angelo, he's taken over Dougie Hamilton's spot. He's been anchoring that power play and he hasn't missed a beat. He's got four assists all over on the power play. So... I just really like what the Carolina Hurricanes are doing. And when you look at what the other top teams in the Eastern Conference are doing, I think Carolina is the team to beat in the whole league right now. If if I'm doing power rankings, which we are, I'm going them number one by far. They're just so incredibly strong. I don't see another team who has as strong top to bottom. The only question mark they have is Freddie Anderson, the goaltender, but to date, he has been playing lights out. He's the Vesna winner right now. If the season ended right now, he's 5-0 and for Pete's sake. He's played every game they've played. He's got a 1.6 goals against, and his save percentage is almost 9.95. Like, those are very strong numbers from Freddie Anderson. And he got a great kind of suck on this game versus Toronto the other day when he just stuck it to his old team. And he shut him, he held him to one goal, which was an Austin Matthews wraparound goal that maybe should have had, but it was a pretty good goal from Austin Matthews. So <clears throat> top to bottom, <clears throat> excuse me, Carolina's looking really good. So with these five teams, just rank them, you know, one to five, Tim, you obviously, you said you had Florida first. Who do you, who is the weakest team out of the undefeated team so far? Uh, it's between Washington and St. Louis. I'll go with Washington. Even though I don't know, it's so funny. We're still getting hates every time Ovi scores. It's dozens. He scored of- two goals the other day. Yeah, yeah, and it's funny because like anytime you, I'm sure all fans do it, and I know Bruins fans do it. If you comment on a player saying, oh, "I think he's going to have a bad year," it's like you smack their mother or something. Like it's so personal. They're so angry that you could even suggest something like that. And when they, if they prove you wrong, like Ovi's doing right now, like they're ready to crucify you. They're ready to burn you at the stake for even suggesting it. So it's just. These tweets, these insults directed at you, they're very personal. They're very, I'm like, come on, this is, this is ruining my night. This is bad. Let's, let's get some of them and we'll read some off. I would, I would like to do, do the angry tweets like they do on that terrible late night show, Jimmy Kimmel. That'd be fun. I, I would oh, enjoy it. Read out loud. They're, they're, they swear. Oh, yeah. Name calling. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I still stand by my statement. He's going to get 30 goals. That that's that's his ceiling this year, and I think he's already got twenty two. I think his ceiling is thirty. That that's where I'm standing. But yes, if I'm going to rank all these teams from one to five, I think Carolina's one. My number two is actually pretty sneaky. 
It's a St. Louis Blues. Oof. Why do you say oof? How do you have them ahead of Florida? I, I just, you know, you, you talk about how you build a team. You talk about the things you need. You need to be strong through the middle and have a really good back end. And right now, people forget that St. Louis went out and they got Tory Krug. They got Marco Scandella. They already had Colton Paranko. They got Justin Falk from Carolina. They forget about these moves because last year they all kind of just played bad. It, it was a throwaway year for St. Louis. Nothing went right for them. When you look at their team, they have a heck of a good defense. They got Scandella and Paranko, the, their shutdown unit, two massive humans. Scandella's like 6'4", Paranko's 6'7", 6'8". Then you got the puck-moving pair with Krug and Falk, and then you round it out with Robert Bortuzzo, who I absolutely loathe. But he's a very effective six defenseman where he gets in your face and he's got that look on his he's – he's got a punchable face. You know what I mean? He's got a punchable yeah. face. And he, he, why did you look at me like that? I got one – what are you trying to say? I got a punchable no. face? No, I'm agreeing with you. I'm thinking You're, about Ortuzzo's face. It's a very like – I want to punch in the face. I don't know what it is about him. but And then Jake Wallman who's playing okay. And then you look at their forwards, they're very strong down the middle. Ryan O'Reilly, Braden Shen, Robert Thomas, and Tyler Bozak. That's a pretty good center core when you look at it top to bottom. Obviously, they don't have the top high-end playmaking centerman, but Ryan O'Reilly, he's not bad. You know, he's not bad. And then you got Braden Shen, and they have really, really good wingers. I, I just like St. Louis. They work hard, they get the job done. David Perron, he's kind of brushed off that one hit wonder kind of tag he's had he's he's quietly putting together a pretty solid career he's got eight points at five games jordan kairu he's coming out of his shell he's got eight points as well and don't look now but vladimir tarasenko he looks really good he undressed someone the other day someone from la it was a filthy goal and he's quietly gone about his business he's got six points five games he's plus four he's quietly just just shushing all the people who wanted them traded and he wanted to be gone he has done the most professional thing you could have done. He kept his mouth shut in training camp. He said, I'm on the St. Louis Blues. I'm going to go out. I'm going to play. I know they tried to trade me. Nothing worked. This and that. I've been injured. My shoulders are terrible. I'm going to show you what I what I am. I'm Vladimir Stinkin' Tarasenko. I'm one of the best players in the NHL. I'm going to show you who I am. And he's gone out and he's played really, really good. And he's still working back into Vladimir Tarasenko you know, shape. But if he gets back to being that elite, elite player, which he can get to, don't look now, but the St. Louis Blues are, are a pretty good hockey team. Then you got Jordan Bennington, who didn't have a great year last year. He's a Stanley Cup winning goaltender. He's a very good goaltender. So, I don't know. Then, then you parlay that until you get Brandon Saad potentially coming back. He's injured right now. So, I don't know. St. Louis is my number two team. And I, I know you don't like it. I'm crazy, but... They play in the West. They're going to have a little bit of more room to grow, and they don't have to be great every single night. Don't look now, but Edmonton might be a player in the West. With the way Vegas and Colorado have started, I know they'll get better, but don't be surprised if by the end of the season, St. Louis is in the top three in the West. That's all I'm saying. Who's your third team? Who did you want? You went Carolina, Florida, top two? Is that or no? Did you say Edmonton? I can't remember what, what you said. Florida, then Carolina. I have Edmonton third. I have St. Louis fourth. You did. You did. I mean, see Edmonton third. I have Edmonton last. Really? You have the caps I, ahead of them? I do. I just don't like it. I, I was born in Edmonton. Uh, I think they have the two best players in the world. I just have a lot of question marks on the back end. I know they've exceeded expectations. They haven't beat many good teams. They beat Vegas so far, basically. 
That's the only like hard out they've gotten. And I looked at their schedule moving forward. Edmonton could realistically in three months be like 35 and four. They don't play any hard teams. Their schedule is just a cupcake cakewalk. And I think people are going to look at their, their record and they're going to be like, Edmonton's the greatest team since sliced bread. It's very, it's all smoke and mirrors for teams in the West. And I, and I did the same thing with St. Louis. I did it with, they play the same teams, but when you look at the, the teams you have to play in the West, there's so many winnable games. When you look at your schedule and you go, okay, I got Arizona. Then we go to Chicago. Then I go to Dallas. Then I go to Nashville. The next week we go to San Jose and Seattle and Anaheim and LA and Vancouver, then Calgary, which, which game scares you if you're, Vegas, or if you're Edmonton, or if you're St. There's you literally have 10 teams in the West who you should beat every single time you play them. Right. I mean, Edmonton's five and oh, John, like they, this is, you can't ignore that. I can, I can ignore it because they haven't, the only team they've beaten of any merit is Vegas. They beat Anaheim. They beat Seattle. They beat Calgary. It's like, who cares? Those are like basically warm-up games. And yes, they're five and oh. Yes, McDavid is great. Yes, Dreinsidel is just those players are great. I do think when you get into the meat meat and potatoes of their season and they head out east and they play the Islanders and the Bruins and the Lightning and the Hurricanes and all these strong teams out east, that's when you're gonna see the real Edmonton Oilers. That's when they're gonna get the real litmus taste. It's like test, is this team good? Because right now they haven't gotten tested at all. And that that's, that's the truth. So people who are saying, Oh, Edmonton, let's, let's start planning the parade. Here we go. Don't get too far ahead of yourselves because it's not real. Uh, I think Edmonton is a good team. Well, I don't think they're a Stanley cup contender. I was, I was thinking about what you said on Monday's episode. And we actually had a a comment from a listener named Jared. Um, I was chatting with on Instagram the other day and he talked about like how Edmonton, the way that the way the league shuts down penalties and, and, you know, keeps the whistles in the back pocket and looks really egregious in the playoffs does not suit well for Edmonton. Because like you said, Connor McDavid and Dreisaitl, like you almost need to take a penalty to stop them, right? Yep. And if you do, their power play is lethal. But in the playoffs, it's totally different. They don't they keep the whistles in the pocket and then play it. They don't get the same opportunities. McDavid gets abused. They're not getting the power play four or five times a night. And that's why they don't do well in the playoffs. You think that's going to continue? Yeah, that they it's been like that for 100 years. They, they crack down in the regular season, and then the playoffs, they let the boys play. That's how it's always been. That's how it always will be. Refs don't want to be the deciding factor in a playoff game when a team's facing an elimination. You know, a ref's not going to call a penalty on Connor McDavid because someone's maybe hooking his hands on a back check. Like, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, that Jared, you're absolutely right. We have the smartest fans, Tim, in all of podcasts. Our, our fans get it. That's why they listen to us because they know hockey. They're not going to listen to spit and chicklets just to get some effing and Jeff and stories. We're the real deal. We give you the real business here, Tim. You know that you're a hockey insider. You hear what people are saying. So let me round out my top five. I got Carolina one. I think Florida's two or sorry. St. Louis is two. Florida's three. Washington and Edmonton. Those are my five. I think the, there's three real contenders in those top five, Carolina, Florida, St. Louis. I think Edmonton and Washington they will fall a little bit and they won't be around, you know, in the final four, final eight, when the playoffs come around, just because 
like I said, Edmonton, it's it's more smoke and mirrors. They are a very good team. Unless they tinker and make some moves on the back end, I don't like their defense. Mike Smith being out, their backup goalie has played okay. It's it's McDavid show there. He is really driving that team. He's unbelievable. And it's fun to watch him. But come to the playoffs, like you said, when he plays some teams who actually know how to play defense and clamp down, maybe we'll see a different result. But right now, gosh, he's good. And then Washington, they're just so old. That's my only worry with Washington, their age. And the reason I bet against Ovechkin is his age. If, if he was 29 doing this, I'd be like, yeah, he's going to score 60 goals. It, it has to catch up with you at some point. So those are my top five. Who is the first? Who is the last undefeated team out of those five? Um, either Carolina. Actually, you know what? You got me thinking about the, the Western Conference now. Mm-hmm. Because Carolina and, and Florida, they're going to play each other. They're going to play Tampa Bay. They're going to play all these big teams. And St. Louis, I don't have their, their schedule in front of me, but I bet their next three games are against like Arizona and LA. No, they play Colorado next. Do they? So if they get by Colorado, then they have cupcakes. They go Chicago, LA, San Jose, Anaheim. So that'll be a big <laughs> they could test. Go 10-0. They could go 10 and 0 if they, they get by Colorado. But yes, I like where your head's at. If you're in the Western Conference, you have a, such a, a bigger advantage. So who do you think is the last undefeated team in the NHL team? I'm going to say Florida. I'm sticking with them. Florida. Okay. I'm, I'm going Edmonton Oilers. I really am. They're, they're the last under that little spiel you just did. Uh, and their, their schedule, they play Philly. They play Vancouver in October. Then we, we go to November. They play Seattle, Nashville, the Rangers, Detroit, Boston, Buffalo. So if they can get by the Rangers and the Bruins, if they can get by them, goodness gracious, they're going to be undefeated into the second week of November. That would be excited. They would be 11 and 0. They'd be starting the parade route. Oh, they'd be 12 and 0. McDavid would be elected Prime Minister of Canada. Everything would be great. Then it would set up an undefeated showdown with the St. Louis Blues on November 14th in St. Louis. Get your tickets now because it's going to be a barn burner. It's going to be the longest time in NHL history where two undefeated teams are meeting up in the regular season. It's going to be epic. St. Louis will be 12 or 13 and 0. Edmonton will be 14 and 0. And it's going to be a heavyweight showdown. It's going to be, I'm so excited for it. All right. <clears throat> Moving on to teams that are, are underwhelming, Tim. You know, you, you do the power rankings, you focus on the good teams. Now we're going to focus on the bad. So there's two teams that are winless right now. The Chicago Blackhawks and Arizona Coyotes are both 0 5 and 1. Not great starts for either team. What <laughs> is there any upside for either of these teams? Do you see a light at the end of the tunnel? in any way for any of these teams? I see a small light for Chicago only because of how talented their roster is on paper. They should be better than this. They will turn it around. They're not going to go winless, obviously. Um, but right now, it's not looking good. The way, it's not just that they're losing. It's the way they're losing games. Now you have this whole distraction. The players, I don't know. Are their heads going to be in these games? I don't know. But but if I have to pick the two, obviously, like, they're the ones with the star power. They're the ones with the Vezina winning goalies. So out of the two, like those are the ones that I see a light at the end of their tunnel. Arizona is going to be this all season long. Like obviously they're not going to win zero games, but <coughs> they're going to, I, I don't know. Do they win 20 games this year? Do they win 25? No, no. What's, can you look up really quick? You have a, a, a very fast internet there. What is the worst record in NHL history? And I'm not saying this lightly. I do honestly believe Arizona could potentially be the worst team in NHL history. And I have friends on the Arizona Coyotes. And it, it pains me to say that because I played for them. 
they could potentially win less than 20 games. And that's, that's a feat right now. They've tied one game and they lost it in overtime. Their goal differential is minus 19. And when you play six games and your goal differential is minus 19, I'm no mathematician, but that means you lose every game by an average of three goals. So it's, it's not a good look. Their offense is terrible. They, they average less than two goals a game. Their, their defense is putrid. Their offense isn't there. Their, their first line, they have Johan Larson centering their first line. When he broke into the league, I was in Buffalo. He was a fourth line centerman. He has never been higher than a third line centerman. And he has now he's centering Arizona's first line with Lawson Krause and Clayton Keller. What on what world is Johan Larson a first line centerman? Apparently in Arizona, he's a first line centerman. And then you, it, it, they don't have a good team. Tim, they don't. What is the worst record of all time, Tim? Hit me with the hit me with the news. Yeah, so you have to like kind of just dig only because you want to compare like eighty-two game season, but the closest comparable, the worst season ever, seventy-four, seventy-five. The Washington Capitals went eight sixty-seven and five, which is an 80, 80 game season. So very comparable. Eight wins. Yep. Oh man, that they, see they'll be better than that, and that that comes from playing in the Pacific in the Western Conference they are going to have the chance to play some teams that aren't, aren't as bad as they are, but who, you know, have their issues. So they're listen, Chicago and Arizona, they're in the same division. They're in the central division. Who gets their first win? What's what's in the power rankings right now. Who is the worst team in the NHL to you? Is it Arizona? Is it Chicago? Is it the LA Kings? Is it the Montreal Canadians? Is it the Ottawa senators, Tim, who is the worst team in the NHL right now? I think it's Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. What? Yeah. Over a, you think they're worse than Arizona right now. Well, if the question is who's going to get their first win next, it's Arizona before Chicago. Wow. Just because of all the extracurricular. Like, most likely Arizona is going to win a game in the next week. Right. But Chicago's not going to, they're just as bad as they've been playing. Now all this stuff going on with their, the, the, um, what do you call it? The scandal. It's just, yeah, yeah I don't know. They're, they're distracted. They're not going to be, they're not going to be good. I think they're a better, I think they finish with a better record, but I think Arizona wins their first game before they do. Let's, let's do a little, we're going to go through Arizona's schedule here. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So they have a few days off. They play Tampa Bay next. Will they beat Tampa Bay? No. Back to back games. And they go right to Washington. Will they beat Washington? Probably not. From Washington, they go to Carolina on Halloween. Do they beat Carolina? <laughs> oh, no, no. Not a chance. Then they go to Philadelphia. Do they beat Philadelphia? Yes. They beat Philadelphia. Wow. Okay. Then after the long road trip, they go to Anaheim. I don't see where Arizona gets their first win. And much like the undefeated showdown that St. Louis and Edmonton are going to have in the West, there's going to be a winless showdown between the Blackhawks and the Arizona Coyotes on November 12th, because I think both teams are going to be winless on that date. And they're going to meet in Chicago to be who is the worst team in the NHL. Because when you look at Arizona's, I don't, I don't see Arizona getting a win. And then when you go to Chicago, they play as many games. Let me see. Hold on. Bear with me. Let's go to Chicago's schedule. So they play on October. Bear with me, everybody. Okay. So they get Toronto next to so be Toronto. No. Carolina. Nope. 
St. Louis. No. <laughs> oh, this is the winner. Ottawa, November 1st. Do they beat Ottawa? Uh, no. Right? And then they got Carolina again. No. No. Winnipeg, no. Nashville, <laughs> no. Pittsburgh, maybe. Then you got Arizona on the 12th. There's a very real opportunity that there will be two winless teams on November 12th, and they'll both be no wins and 12 losses. And there's a very real possibility on November 14th, there'll be two teams with no losses and they'll have 12 wins. It's, I don't know. The, the Western conference is a, is a bleep show right now. And it's because there's a very strong, a couple very strong teams and a lot of very mediocre teams. So it's very exciting. I know we're spending a lot of time on this. Let's move on. Your worst team is Chicago right now. My worst team is Arizona. I just want to get to touch on this a little bit in the preseason. We had, the top teams in the NHL, Vegas, Colorado, Toronto, Montreal, the Islanders. They were all top teams for us, top teams for everybody, all the insiders. These guys are the players. They're going to compete for a Stanley Cup. If you made a list, those five teams are on everybody's list. Maybe Montreal might be the only outlier, but those four definitely were on everybody's list. The Islanders, Toronto, Colorado, Vegas. Vegas is two and four. Colorado's two and four. Toronto's two and four. Montreal's one and six. The Islanders are three, two, and one. Which team has the most to panic about and which team are, are just kind of getting into it pretty slowly because that's in today's NHL, especially in the Eastern conference, you can't have a bad month. You can't have a bad week where you drop three or four, because then you're out of contention, which teams on this list, Tim are panicking and have every right to be panicking because it, it's, it's not looking good for them. Montreal, I think, is the top of that list who's panicking. Just because last year, I don't know, was it a fluke? Probably not, but I think they overplayed their hand with that deep cup run, and they're showing that maybe it was a little bit of uh, a little bit of puck luck, a little bit of you know relying on Carey Price, and now they're settling back down toward the mean. And I don't think they're as bad as they look right now. They're not a one and sixteen, but all these teams with a slow start, they're definitely at the top of the panic list. I would think Toronto's right behind them. What is going on with, yeah, I agree with you in Montreal. The thing that surprises me is they can't score a goal. They literally cannot score a goal. They have played seven games. They're one in six. Their only game they won was versus Detroit. They've won six to one. In the other six games, the other six games, Tim, they have scored one goal or fewer in every single game. Isn't that wild? Yeah, it is, especially... I would think goal scoring is one of the things they could do, you know, that's what they have forwards like for days. That's what their strength is. Their strength is having four lines that can contribute, that can produce. When you play six games and you score one goal or less, that that's not like an aberration. That's a trend. That's something that you need to address, but how do you address it when you have that good of a four group? Is it the coaches? Is it the system? What needs to happen? I don't know what needs to happen in Montreal, but something needs to happen fast because this team is too good to be playing the likes of the Saint, like the Buffalo Sabres, the Chicago, uh, San Jose Sharks, the Seattle Kraken, these teams. You should be lighting these teams up. The Toronto Maple Leafs, never known to have a really strong defense. You score one goal against. You should be lighting these teams up if you're the Montreal Canadiens, especially coming off of last year when you had such a high you should have built off of this. They are the biggest disappointment by far, by far in the NHL now. And now I'm seeing why the Molson family didn't extend Mark Bergevin because maybe last year was a, was a fluke. Maybe they just kind of caught lightning in a bottle because right now they don't look like the Montreal Canadiens we knew last year. 
And I touched on the last episode with maybe Caulfield's got the sophomore slump. Maybe he just maybe read the press clippings and same with Nick Suzuki. And I, I think that's a real thing. So we'll see how it, it shakes out. They have a really favorable schedule going forward. They're playing some weaker teams, so they can fight their way out of this. But when you lose five to the one of the Seattle Kraken, a Seattle Kraken team that has no no way, no right, no justification being able to score five goals in the NHL at this point, it, it's it's not a good look. Maybe the Carey Price was the guy and they need him because Jake Allen has not looked strong. Their defense has not looked strong. Maybe Shea Weber and Carey Price, we undervalued them because Montreal looks horrendous. And I want to touch on the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I was listening to Don Cherry. I like Don. We know we're, we're friendly. He made a comment about Austin Matthews and his dress code <clears throat> and this and that. And much like my bills, much like how I, I forget things, when the Arizona Coyotes came out as the first team who were going to get rid of the dress code, I wanted to touch on it, but then the Evander Kane thing happened and all this other stuff was there to talk about and just kind of got lost in the in the deck or lost wherever. I think I, I agree with Don. I think it's a terrible idea. And I know you're going to disagree with me, Tim, because you're a millennial and you're like, oh, whatever, whatever. The Toronto Maple Leafs are the gold standard in hockey. They set the trends. They are the team. They are the Dallas Cowboys. They are the New York Yankees. They are the whatever team in basketball is the team, the Lakers. Everybody looks to Toronto. And to me, when I think of hockey players, I, I think I think they're more professional than every other athlete out there. I, I think they're more respectful. I think they're more businesslike. And I like that reputation. I took pride in that as a hockey player. Whenever I would go to a city, whenever I would go to a restaurant or a hotel, all the people working at those places, they would go, you know what? The hockey players are the nicest ones. The basketball, the football, the baseball guys, they do this. They say this. They're jerks. They do this, whatever. But you hockey guys, you're very polite. You're always very well-dressed. You're always very respectful. And I think that's slipping now. And I know it's it seems like nothing now, but it's much like having ads during the pandemic. It's a slippery slope and it's a snowball effect. And you give them an inch now, they're going to want something more and more and more and more and more. And it starts with the dress code. Oh, we, we maybe on back-to-backs, we can wear track suits or we can wear track suits on the plane or this and that. It should not be allowed. And this is coming from me, who was a player for the better part of a decade. Hockey is a job. It is your profession. You should take it serious. When you get ready for a game, this is my, I can tell your steam and Tim already. There's a mindset. You have to get ready for a game. And myself, and I know a lot of players are, are like me. They have the same thought process. That starts at home when you're getting ready for the game. That starts when you're getting dressed. That's th- that mentality of like, okay, it's game time. This is not a practice. This is not an exhibition. This is not whatever. This is a game. I need to go out there and perform. That starts when you're at home and you're putting on the suit and your mind switches over. It's like, okay, now it's game time now. And the suit embodies that. That That is what you do. You're getting ready. You're going to work. You're going to perform. You're not just rolling out of bed, throwing on some sweats and heading into the game, which Austin Matthews looked like the last two times he's come out of the bus. He looks like the big Lebowski when he's just rolling out of bed in his bathrobe. Hey dude, the dude's here, man. That's Austin Matthews right now. It's, it's not a good look for a guy who is Mr. Fashion. You know, I I would love to express myself and be able to, you know, try different things in business casual. It's not business casual. You look like a slob. 
clean it up, man. There's a stark contrast when the Leafs walk in because some guys don't prescribe to that. Jason Spezza shows up. He's got a suit. Looks amazing. John Tavares shows up. Mike, he's ready to play. Then you got Austin Matthews, who just looks like a fat slob walking into the rink with his sweatpants and shirt tucked into his sweatpants and his stupid fanny pack. It's a bad look. It's a bad look for the NHL. And the Arizona Coyotes do it. And no coincidence, these teams have both started terribly. They're two, nine and two combined. And maybe it doesn't mean anything, but to me, it says a lot. It's like, you're, you're both terrible teams at this point. You both dress like garbage, maybe treat it like a job and you'll, you'll maybe get better results on the ice because you'll be more serious. So maybe I'm overstepping with the records because Toronto at the end of the day will be a good team and Arizona will be hot garbage, but it's a job and I don't like where it's heading. I hope no other teams do this. I think you should wear a suit to the game. You should look like a gentleman. You should play seriously. And it's, it's your job. Drives me nuts. All right, Tim, go ahead. What, what is your take on this? So is your thesis that, that Austin Matthews is having a slow start to the season because he wears sweatpants to the rink now? Um, I think it's a direct result of that. I think if, if you take yourself seriously when you're getting ready for the game and if you take yourself seriously heading to the rink, you're going to take the game serious. But if you have the opportunity to kind of roll out of bed and not have to think about the game and you can just like throw on some sweatpants, it affects your game. I, I think literally putting on that suit switches your mindset from like, oh, whatever, to like it's a game. And well, it might be a little thing, but it does mean something. One of the one thing I'll say is that like like Matthews, for example, he's obviously the fashionista or whatever. What looks like a thrown together raggedy outfit, he just like tosses on. It's very deliberately planned, like the mismatching, the colors, like the things that don't look like they go together. It's it's called fashion. It's like del- it, he picked that out meticulously as, as much as you would deliberately pick out a suit. It looks he did not. I disagree. No, he does. He does. That's the whole point. And and it's like yeah, these yellow shorts with like a neon tie dye shirt and an orange hat. Like it's all like it looks like a homeless look. It's very deliberate, and it's it's. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I don't think he's just throwing on sweats and heading to the rink and not focused, not energized. If anything, it's probably one less thing to think about. He can just kind of wear what he's most comfortable in and, and prepare for the game in his own way. I don't really see what what you wear to the rink has to do with uh, your performance on the ice. And again, you were there. If you say that you know the preparation starts at home and, and wearing a suit is part of that, then I'll just have to take that at your word. But I just don't see how what, what they wear to the rink has anything to do with how they perform. And I think I, I just don't think it really hurts anybody. You dress for the job you want, right? Not the job you have. Their, their, their dress code for their job is their, is their uniform. False. Their, Exhibit 14, paragraph 5 of the NHL's collective bargaining agreement states that players are required to wear jackets, ties, and dress pants when traveling to and from games unless otherwise specified by their head coach or general manager. It's in the CBA. You have to wear a suit and a tie and dress pants unless, unless your GM gives you that, unless, unless your GM's an idiot and you're woke <laughs> and you're like, oh, we, uh, I want to wear whatever we want. I don't like it. I think it should be changed back. I hope other teams see this and they go, bad idea. Go back to shirt and tie because I do think it does matter. And it's not like Austin Matthews was trying to switch things up because he wasn't playing well. He's the Rocket Richard winning trophy winner. He is the best goal scorer in the league. And it's like, oh, you know, let's just change something up. Let's just wear sweatpants. You know what else I'm not going to change up, Tim, is my ESPN plus usage because it has been a revelation for me. It has changed my life. I get to watch any game I want, whenever I want, how I want to watch it. I can watch it when I'm on the toilet taking a deuce. I can watch it wherever I want. 
My tablet goes with me everywhere. So does ESPN Plus, and you should join me in that. ESPN Plus has all of the hockey games you want to watch in network, out of network. You can get thousands of games throughout the year. You get 75 games a week. It's fantastic. If you don't want to watch hockey, you got the 30 by 30 library. You got the UFC stuff. You got all kinds of entertainment, anything you can want. You can upgrade to get the Hulu package and discovery and all this other cool stuff on ESPN plus. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I don't have cable. I use ESPN plus all the time and it never lets me down and it won't let you down. You can get it wherever you are in the whole world. Go to ESPN plus.com slash NHL slash gloves. And you will not be disappointed because ESPN plus they got hockey. Now they got all this other stuff and they got so much great content. Check it out. It will not let you down. ESPN plus.com slash NHL slash gloves. It'll help us out. You'll get some good hockey content and just sports content in general. So beautiful. What else, Tim? Yeah, you know, my new thing with ESPN Plus is I, I put it on my uh, laptop. I stream it there and I have it on my counter while I, while I make dinner. It's great. And then I it's, watch it while I sit and eat, too. Have it in your background. It's like yeah. it, it's the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. Turn the volume off. Watch the game. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. You know what's not beautiful? Our fantasy record so far, Tim. I'm just getting train wrecked. It's, it's terrible. My, my strategy is not good. Yeah, you're owing two. I'm two and oh, no big deal. Although my total points aren't great. I think I I lucked out with a couple of matchups, but still two and oh is all that matters in the in the newspaper, you know? It's all who you play. It's all who you play. All right, what are we gonna do now, Tim? We're gonna do a little fan mail. Well, I got a really funny tweet, and I'm sure this this gentleman's listening. I don't remember the name, I don't know if he gave it to me. Um, not a tweet, a text where uh this guy sent me a picture, a photo album of himself on vacation. I don't know if it's all from the same vacation or like over the years, a collection of vacation photos, but in every one of them, he's either wearing your Jersey or a shirt with your face on it. Somehow either it looks like some of these were um, official team merchandise. Other, others were just maybe like those online shirts and stuff, but he brought you with him everywhere all over the world, John, with his family. He's in Hawaii. He's in the Swiss Alps. He's in Paris. He's everywhere. And, and you're right there with him. What do you think about that? I think it's fantastic. I think it's very smart. It's very prudent. The guy obviously has his head screwed on straight. He has his priorities in order. And it's it's very uh, flattering. You know, he's a, he's a good looking guy. He's gorgeous for Pete's sake. And it only enhances his look to have my shirt on his chest. I, I really... I think everybody should do this. I think we should give out prizes if people take pictures of our show with their logo all around the world. I think to be nice because it's kind of cool. You know, he had, he had my Jersey on, he went to a bunch of hockey games. He saw like, he went to a ton of rinks in the, in the United States. I saw him all over the place. So good for him. It was kind of, it's, I don't know. It's neat. It's, it kind of pumps up my ego a little bit that people still care about me, but it was cool. You know, I got a couple of different t-shirts out there. He's got a few of them. He had the San Jose Sharks one, the all-star one. He had my Jersey. So kudos to that guy. I, I really, really enjoyed it. He was out there. Thank you, my friend. I hope you had a great trip. It looked like he did. Gosh, he went all over the world. COVID vacation. Very, very rare to see a guy buzzing around the world when there's a pandemic upon us. That's true. Yeah. I hope he's listening. And uh, I don't know. I'm going gonna, gonna to have to get some shirts made with my face on and see if anyone buys. My mom. No buy one me. will buy them. My mom will buy them. You got a Bortuzzo face. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm punchable or because I look like him? You just got to. Well, I guess both can be true. <laughs> but anyways, you know what else is true? When I'm hungry, I go to DoorDash, Tim. Do you? Oh, yeah. I do. I do it pretty much every weekend now. Every weekend, Tim loves DoorDash. I love DoorDash. When my, wife's, when my wife's mad at me and I and I don't have any food, I call up DoorDash. Order some food. 
website app doordash.com they have best the best food out there the best app out there check it out um what's our promo code i can't remember it's gloves dd in canada gloves dd us in the united states yeah so go there do yourself a favor get yourself some food fill up our bucket get your chicken bucket full of chicken and have yourself a meal on us it'll be great you get 25 percent off your first order free delivery so it's a pretty much a free meal the first time you order and it's a fantastic company i like working with them i use them i don't advertise somebody i don't use so good for doordash good for us good for you and that's all what else we got to talk about tim anything that's it. That's it. Just watching the news unfold and watching the hockey games. Uh, I know. Hopefully that stuff goes away and we can focus on hockey a little more. But anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. We will talk to you guys on Friday. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Dropping the Gloves with John Scott, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from to never miss an episode. Delivered by DoorDash.